Hello and welcome once again. This is the Sin Bin Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host. I am your commissioner. I am Cody Carlicker, and we're here once again. Last week, fantasy football season. Everything comes down to this Thanksgiving week, the last week for so many teams to make the playoffs. And I'm going to run through what next week's schedule looks like. I'm going to run through the scenarios for all teams that are in the bubble, how they get in, how they get knocked out. And I'm also going to talk about five guys who are primed to have a great final push of the season, including this week and the playoffs. But first, let's run down what happened last week. You know, a lot of podcasts, they're going to talk about Thanksgiving and, you know, what they like eating and, you know, what's their favorite part about it. I'm not going to do that here. All right. You guys don't care. You guys will come here for the fantasy football rundown and some little tidbits of knowledge so that we can discuss and make fun of each other later. All right. So let's hop into the, the biggest matchup of the week. Jerome versus radio. Jerome just obliterates radio 161.1 to 96. Now, pump the brakes here. That doesn't mean Jerome is in first place. Radio still has the one seed due to having more points, but the way that Jerome is pacing and the way that radio is pacing, that could all change after this week. Now, what happened this past week was Leonard Fournette went off for Jerome. 32.4 points. Uh, it's his running back duo of Fournette and Zeke. You never know which guy's going to go off. And it is definitely daunting if you're playing him in any given week. But additionally, we talked about this last week with Jerome. He's done an amazing job with streaming quarterbacks. Sam Darnold puts up 28.2. And then additionally, putting put or to go along with that, George Kittle, Mike Thomas with 21 points each. You look at Jerome's starting lineup. And that thing is a beast. We were we talked about this in week three, and we've continued to discuss throughout the season. Dude's just making really good moves, and it seems like everything is paying off. I was down on Sam Darnold uh, a couple of weeks ago before Jerome picked him up, and he looks like a completely different guy. So good for you, Jerome. Things are looking good. You're, you're securely in the playoffs, and you almost secured a first-round bye. Uh, we'll see what happens this past week. But let's talk about radio. Team's heading down a little bit. Yes, he's 9-3. Yes, he is in the number one spot. Uh, however, there are some big question marks. Um, you know, rolling out Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has been an up-and-down quarterback, and he did put, you up 20, or put up 24 points this past week. Calvin Ridley also with a good game with 19. However, Mark Andrews having another bad game. He's been real up and down this year. Even when the Ravens just absolutely obliterate the Rams, put up 45 points, uh, Mark Andrews is barely a part of that. Additionally, Curtis Samuel, T.Y. Hilton, and Aaron Jones all have less than six points as well. And I want to talk about Aaron Jones here real quick because who would have thought that his season would be so boom or bust? He's had four games this year with six points or less. Additionally, he's had four games with 23 or more. So what do you do with this guy moving forward? You just, I mean, unfortunately, it seems like you got to throw him out there and hold your breath. Fortunately for him, he's got a decent schedule coming up. He's got the Giants, he's got Washington, and he's got Chicago. And sorry, Bears fans, your run defense isn't what it once was. They're the 19th 
ranked defense against the run in fantasy. So things could be looking up for Aaron Jones, but you don't feel confident about that, especially as we're heading into the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, my team took a huge hit with a terrible performance against Dan last week. I take the L, 89.2 to 93.6. I drop to 6 and 6. Dan goes up to 8 and 4 and let, obviously I'm very frustrated as many of you can can assume. DeAndre Hopkins puts up a good good week on uh, on Thursday night football. He puts up 24. I you know, of course I get, I'm going to get my 24 points from Christian McCaffrey, but what happened to Matt Ryan against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Tampa Bay has known throughout the league for having the worst secondary, and Matt Ryan only puts up 7.6. What's going on with the Bears' run game? Why can't they run block? Montgomery only puts up four points against the Giants. Jacksonville Jaguars, negative three against Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. What is going on here? To, to go on top of all of that, the kicker, my kicker, Joey Sly, misses a game-winning field goal and two extra points. That's five points that could have gone towards me beating Dan. Just any everything that could have went, went wrong did. And I honestly, I saw it coming. I started the season. After the first seven weeks, I was two and five. And going into week eight, I had lost four in a row. And then all of a sudden... I win four in a row and get myself back in the playoff hunt. Actually, I believe I was the five seed heading into last week. So uh, just knowing my luck, I knew it was too good to be true. And seeing that Dan had five of his starters on by and he was starting two guys that weren't playing, uh, I still had zero confidence in my team. I knew that it was too good to be true and that my team was going to lay a stinker, but I really didn't think it was going to come from Matt Ryan. I mean, what... My, my initial thought is, what could I have done differently? Who could I put in there instead of Matt Ryan? Really? I mean, would you guys have actually, would you guys have played Josh Allen over Matt Ryan, who was playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think everybody in this league would have started Matt Ryan over Josh Allen. You know, like the Jags, you know, the once, just the once- vaunted Jags defense. Very uh, People were scared of them. Uh, they put up 15 points two weeks in a row, uh, I think two and three weeks ago. Go negative three against Tennessee. Was Is anybody afraid of Tennessee Titans offense? Like what's what's going on here? And you know, like I just, I was just due for the L. Now we talk about Dan's team. You know, I'm not actually going to talk about Dan's team because he's talking shit all week, and I determine that all this dude wants is attention. This is evidenced by the text thread. This is evidence of his extracurriculars in life. Dan Malmar craves attention. And I'm going to move on. And we're going to talk about Ned and Kevin's matchup. Kevin squeaking one out against Ned, essentially eliminating Ned from the playoffs. 92.2 to 98.6. Kevin goes to 7-5, and five, solidifying or making a stronger base for his playoff push. Kevin, uh, sincerely, we're going to give Kevin props here. Kevin won this game by being the better fantasy player. All right? 
his trade for A-Rob, actually, Allen Robinson, actually paid off. And, and Allen Robinson got him 22 points. But frankly, the main guys that he typically throws out there were shit this week. The reason why he won this game is his free agent pickups. He went out and got the Redskins defense, who put up 20. He also went out and got Devontae Parker for $4 on, on the fab budget, who put up 12. And those were the guys. And, and then he also had the guts to put them in there. Those were the guys that actually won this game for Kevin. On the other end, Ned has been a terrible fantasy owner all year, as evidenced by rostering a second kicker behind Justin Tucker. He's been rostering Matt Gay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker, all season or for the last several weeks. I don't know about all season long, but for the last several weeks, and it makes zero sense. If Justin Tucker is playing, you're playing Justin Tucker. And additionally, Matt Gay is not marketably better than any other kickers on the market. To go on top of that, you know, Ned has had some bad luck with Juju Smith-Schuster being the 45th best wide receiver in fantasy this year, Joe Mixon being the 20th best running back, and then Todd Gurley being up and down. But there's there's had to be moves throughout this season that Ned could have made to make things better. And, it's, and essentially what he's done instead is never make moves on Wednesdays and then overpay for guys on Saturday. So... Ned's 5-7 and seven record. That's because of uh, him not being a good fantasy player. I don't know about in general, but this year. Congrats to Kevin. He's sitting at 7-5. and five. He's in the driver's seat. He controls his own destiny, and we'll talk about the scenarios that get him in the playoffs a little bit later. But before we do that, we'll talk about a guy whose playoff hopes uh, went down a little bit. He could have solidified himself a playoff position, but he takes an L to one of the worst teams in the league, Cody Billick. Cody Billick beats Chris Woloka. 104.2 to 86.9. Cody goes to 3-9. and nine. Chris goes to 7-5. and five. And it's been, or Cody wins because of Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry had 32 points, and actually he's been averaging 19 over the last four games. Drew Brees puts up 22. And then uh, my boy from Illinois, Chase McLaughlin, puts up 13 as the kicker. So good week for Cody Billick, finally catching a break, getting a decent week out of his players and picking up the W. On the other end, Cortland Sutton, who Chris got in a trade from from Dan Malnar a couple of weeks ago, is not holding up his end of the bargain. He only puts up 3.2, and that's because of the tough matchup that Cortland Sutton had with one of the best corners in the game, Tredavious White from the Buffalo Bills. This dude has been locking down receivers for the past two seasons, and if you haven't heard his name, now you have. Be careful if you if you have a number one receiver on a team going against the Buffalo Bills. It could be a rough day. Additionally, Darren Waller had another rough week, only 5.6, and if you look at Darren Waller's uh, point totals on a week-by-week basis, he's only really had two big games all season. Um, he has had two games with over 20 points, all other games he's had are under 11, and I believe the last several have been quite a bit under 10. And that's not what you're hoping for with your tight end one. Tight end such a tough position, but whenever Darren Waller had those two big games earlier in the season, you thought you had a steal off free agency wire. Uh, that hasn't been the case recently, and Chris has got to be hoping that, he, that Waller turns it around so that he can lock in a playoff spot. He's still at jeopardy. So let's move on. To the next matchup, a guy who made his case uh, a little bit better going into the playoffs right now. He is the sixth seed at Bob O'Brien, battling back, 
with a win over Mike Awesome, 120 to 105.5. Mike is now in last place at 2 and 10. Bob is at 6 and 6. And this is due to Chris Godwin having another awesome week, 34 points. And he has been a consistent producer all year long. He's actually only had two games all season with less than 10 points. And I think his worst game is eight, is eight points. That's amazing. And this guy was essentially a no-name a no-name guy last year. And not a ton of people knew him going into the season this year, but they started hearing his name before the draft just because he was the number two wide receiver in a Bruce Arians offense. And the number two receiver in a Bruce Arians offense has typically succeeded. But everyone has to admit drafting him is kind of like a shot in the dark and just trusting the process. So good for Bob picking up Chris Godwin. But another guy that... Bob drafted that's been much better than anticipated is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry put up 28, and I bet everyone would be surprised when I say this. Derrick Henry is the fourth best running back in fantasy this year. That's amazing. And it's because last year, and I think actually the last several years, he's been quite a disappointment. You throw him out there, and he looks really good one game, and then the next game he gets nowhere. It just seems like he's running through the mud. But he's had several games this year where he's hitting the holes hard and teams are having trouble bringing him down, similar to what we saw when he was at Alabama. So Derrick Henry having a great season. And then on top of that, Bob made a good free agent pickup last week and Baker Mayfield throwing him in there and getting 23 points in place of Patrick Mahomes. Now, the thing that Bob has to look out for is the aforementioned Tredavious White matchup. And Tredavious White is going against Bob's number one receiver, Amari Cooper, this week. Amari Cooper got blanked by Stephon Gilmore last week. You know the, the Cowboys are going to try to get him going, but it's going to be a tough matchup tomorrow night against the Bills on Thanksgiving. On Awesome's end, another tough break. He would have beat nine other teams this week, but he ends up going against one of the two guys who had more points than him. A big question for Mike is, I mean, and generally, I guess the Rams as a whole, is what's going on with Cooper Cup? He hasn't scored more than seven points since the bye. And is it because he's hurt or more so that Jared Goff is terrible? I would probably lean on the ed, or the, the side of Jared Goff just being something's wrong with him. He I mean, nobody in the offense is getting it going. And I think it's, I mean, he's similar to Mitch Trubisky to where he's got some, some confidence issues. But it's something to keep an eye on. It's something that's interesting. Another thing that's interesting, and I, you see this every year with Tom Brady, uh, he's in his mid-season lull. He only put up 11.3. Uh, he's got a pretty decent schedule coming up, but typically this time of the year, he's just checking down, not trying to air it out too much, not getting too risky, um, and that really hurts not just him, but other fantasy players on the Patriots roster. Last but not least, Steve Grisbeck squeaks out a win by only scoring 84 and a half points against Jake Metzger. Uh, Steve goes to six and six, keeping his playoff hopes alive. Metzger goes down to four and eight. He's eliminated. Um, Metzger, let's talk about him first. He had six guys under seven and a half points this past week. So what that tells me is that because he is playing me this week, all of those guys are going to go off. Metzger is due for a huge week, and unfortunately, it comes in a make-or-break week for me. On the other end, Steve gets the W with, I mean, on the back of Jonathan Williams, really. Steve made the investment in Fab last week, 
to grab Jonathan Williams, Detroit running back, and Jonathan Williams or Indianapolis running back. I'm sorry, and he puts up 19 and a half points. Definitely worth worth the money. But the big question that's been all week, all year for Steve is what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Which Aaron Rodgers are you going to get? That past week he got nine and a half, but he still stri- or squeaked out a win. Now Rodgers does play the Giants this week, and Evan Ingram may be. Um, uh, and Evan Ingram may be active, which is which is Steve's uh, tight end that's been hurt all year. So things are looking good for Steve, but he's got one week to make it happen. So we, we will see what happens there. And that brings us to the end of the results. Let's talk about – let's look at the schedule first of who everybody is playing next week, and then we will run through the playoff scenarios. So as I mentioned, I'm facing Metzger. Radio has got Mike Awesome. Chris Waloka is taking on Jerome. The Battle of the O'Briens, Kevin versus Bob. Steve Grisbeck's taking on Cody Billick, who has actually looked, Cody Billick's team actually has put up some decent points over the last several weeks, so that's not a, uh, a walk in the park. And last but not least, Dan is facing Ned. So let's go through the playoff scenarios. Radio, Jerome, and Dan are all in. Radio and Jerome can lock in first-round buys with wins. Radio locks in a number one seed by winning and Jerome losing or Jerome not outscoring him by 26. So on the other end, Jerome can get the number one seed by winning and a radio loss or if they both win or both lose, Jerome has to outscore radio by seven or by 27. I'm sorry. The third member of that trio is Dan Melnar. He gets a first round bye. He still has a chance with a win and a Jerome loss. However, if he has to he has to outscore Jerome by 62. So it's a real outside chance that Jerome, or that Dan gets the bye here, especially with the way that Jerome's team has been playing. But there is a chance. All right. Now, the guy who's currently the four seed, Chris Waloka, he clinches with a win or. Losses by Bob O'Brien or myself or Kevin O'Brien does not outscore him by 53. Okay? On the other end, Kevin, who's currently the five seed, Kevin clinches with a win or a loss by me or if he outscores Chris by 54. The guy who's currently in the sixth spot, Bob O'Brien. He, he, this one's a little bit more simple. He, because he is playing his son, Kevin O'Brien, he clinches with a win and if he is not outscored by me, by 61. Sorry, I'm down 61, or by 61 points in the, in the point standing. So Bob clinches with a win and is not outscored by, by 61 points by me. Now, my playoff scenario, I'm sitting, I'm on the outside looking in in the seventh spot. I clinch with a win and a Kevin loss. I have to get Kevin to lose or I have to win and Chris loses. <clears throat> Man, this is this is confusing the way I wrote this out. And I'm sorry for the for the terrible podcasting. I win with or I clinch with a win and a Kevin loss or a Chris loss, but I have to outscore Chris or Bob by 60. So, essentially the easiest way for me to get in is if Kevin loses because I have more points than Kevin does. So, um, oh, or I win and Chris loses because I have more points than Chris does. Or I have the same amount of points as Chris does. So I have to outscore Chris. 
very confusing. I know. We're going through all these scenarios here, especially for the guys that are outside of the playoffs looking in. And that comes to our last guy here, Steve Grisbeck. He's on the outside looking, and he's currently in the eighth spot. Doesn't have a ton of points, but Steve does clinch a playoff with a win and losses by Kevin and myself. And Steve has to outscore Kevin by 61 in the point total. So not completely out of it. He's got to have a huge week, and or Kevin's got to have a terrible week. And I have to lose as well. So that's the, those are the scenarios. We got eight teams fighting for the last three slots. Nothing better in fantasy football, right? Than it all coming down to one week, everybody fighting for the last few spots. Not much is guaranteed. But let's transition. Last part of the podcast here. I'm hoping you guys are with me. I think this is actually pretty interesting. And they're not going to be names that a lot of you guys would, would think of having awesome schedules uh, coming up. So let's go into five things. The five easiest upcoming schedules. This is what I'm going to uh, call out. And I'm going to call out different positions or players that have that easy schedule moving forward. And the first thing I want to talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles. Their schedule upcoming is at Miami, the New York Giants at home, at Washington, and the Dallas Cowboys at home. And Eagles defense should be pretty good moving into this. Currently, the defense is ranked as the 10th best defense and special teams in the league. But as we run this down, Miami the Giants and Washington are all bottom five in offense uh, in the league. Now, Dallas is ranked as the best offense fantasy-wise, the hardest for defenses to score against fantasy-wise. But I think that a lot of that has to do with um, Dak taking or taking care of the ball on the offensive line. Um, not that they necessarily score a ton of points. And they've kind of looked up and down over the last couple of weeks. So I'm not super scared if I have a defense going against Dallas. Now, I don't think that you're going to have a ton of points there. However, I don't think that they're going to torch you for negative three like the Jacksonville Jaguars did to me. So Eagles defense might be a good defense to pick up going into the, uh, the playoffs here if somebody doesn't have them. Number two, the Giants. They have the Packers at home at Philadelphia, and then Miami and Washington at home. So they got three home games out of their next four coming up. And I think that this is a really good spot for Saquon Barkley. Currently, Saquon is surprisingly the 23rd best running back in fantasy. In the last two weeks, he's had 5.6 and 7 points respectively. However, Green Bay is the 29th ranked defense against running backs. Miami is 28th, and Washington is 23rd. The Giants' offensive line is terrible, but against those teams, they should be able to create enough running room for Saquon to get going, and I would think, and I'm predicting, that Saquon's at least going to have three touchdowns over the next few weeks. Number three, Tampa Bay. They are at Jacksonville, Indianapolis at home, at Detroit, and Houston at home, and I think that, as much as I hate to say this, this is a huge spot for Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's matchups in these four games are very easy. Jacksonville, 20th against quarterbacks. Indianapolis, 13th, but they don't scare you. Jameis can certainly air air it out against the Indianapolis secondary. And then he finishes up with Detroit, who's 25th against quarterbacks in fantasy. And then Houston, who surprisingly is 26th against quarterbacks in fantasy. Jameis Winston, yeah, he's going to throw some picks, but he's also going to throw some touchdowns when you have... Mike Evans and Chris Godwin running routes for you. Number four, the New England Patriots. 
They are at Houston, Kansas City at home, at Cincinnati, and Buffalo at home. And don't look now, but I think this is where Sony Michelle recoups some of that value from being a decent or drafted fairly high for Kevin O'Brien. Currently, Sony Michelle is running back 27, and he hasn't scored in double digits since week seven. However, Houston is 22nd against the running backs. Kansas City is 32nd against running backs, worse than the league. Cincinnati is 27th against running backs, and then Buffalo is surprisingly 18th. That's the one weak spot of Buffalo's defense, is they struggle against power running. So this is a prime spot for Sony Michelle to get going, get some touchdowns, get some yardage, and he wouldn't be a bad guy to throw in the flex spot for Kevin O'Brien. Last but not least, Jacksonville. They have Tampa Bay at home, Chargers at home, at Oakland, at Atlanta, and these are terrible defenses against wide receivers. So DJ Shark, surprisingly, the fourth best wide receiver in fantasy, has a big opportunity here in the last few games. Tampa's the worst in the league against wide receivers. The Chargers are pretty good. He's going to get the Hayward treatment, who is their star cornerback. However, I think that DJ Shark should still at least put up respectable numbers there at home with the Chargers being a West Coast team coming east. It's always difficult. After that, they go. Or Jacksonville goes to Oakland, who's 24th against wide receivers, and they finish up in the fantasy championship against Atlanta, who is 30th against wide receivers. All that being said, that also might be a good spot for Nick Foles. So if you're trying to stream a quarterback to win in the playoffs, Nick Foles is facing terrible passing defenses as well. All right? To run that down... Five guys or five players that should have good final stretches of the season here. Eagles defense, Saquon Barkley, Jameis Winston, Sony Michelle, and DJ Shark with a little bonus of Nick Foles if you want to play that game. Guys, I have given you 30 minutes just blowing past this on the Thanksgiving week of awesome fantasy football content. I hope you enjoy. Let's have fun. Hopefully that uh, the text thread's going off tomorrow during the three fantasy football games. Everything comes down to this. Good luck, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Later.